Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Pregnant ladies and little kids better get the hell out of the way because I'm running. I'm just, I'm like Forrest Gump, dude. I am running. So, the Titanic was the biggest ship on the ocean, but that didn't mean it was unsinkable. I want you to use ombudsman in a sentence next week. I got one for you. My name is Kevin, the official ombudsman of the Podcast. You like apples? Welcome into another edition of the JPP Pod. We got, what up, what up, what up? we got Pops. We're here. What's going on, guys? Oh, oh it's man, all kicking. We are now rolling right into October, and I know for baseball fans, that's a big time of year. We, I, I think, as most of our listeners know, we're not huge baseball guys. We may like barely dabble into it, but um, yeah, October fun time. Halloween's <laughs> right around the corner. Thanksgiving's yeah. right around the corner. Christmas, yeah. I mean, it's just a good time of year. Hopefully, that fall weather. I know Pops is a big fall weather kind of guy. Yep, me too. So it might be soon. We might be able to light that fire on the back porch Ooh. and have a, have a few cocktails around the back. Uh, but real quick, I wanted before we get too into it, I wanted to. There's a fact that I ran across earlier today that is absolutely blowing my mind that I just have to throw at you guys to start the pod because right. I think it's very interesting. Right. Do you know who the world's biggest tire producer is? Yeah, I do. Pops, do you? Uh, it seems like it's the company that bought Cooper Tire, which is like Humco or something. Not LJ. Do you do you know where I'm? You really know where I'm going? With I really this? know this. Yeah. The the toy company Lego produces <laughs> really? the most tires in the world. They yep. they produce approximately 306 million tires per year, which is far more than any other manufacturer in the world. I'll be maybe tiny toy tires, but the fact still stands that they sell the most tires. I do think like maybe the the an interesting thing to see is where on the list do they fall on like tires per square foot of rubber do they produce or something like that? But but I do think they'd still be pretty high. They produce a ton of tires. Well, that's a yeah, like fun fact, Kevin. Way to bring that back! Wow. So, so we might we we get a what what what? How, I don't even know where we go. LJ brings the science every week at the end of our pod. I'm just going to bring a fun fact that may or may not be relevant to anything you do the rest of this week, but it's still going to be interesting. You know, another like fun it. fact for you. All right, is is. If you're going to gamble on any sports coming up, the fact is the only place you need to be gambling is over at our friends, my bookie. And let me tell you a little bit about my bookie pops, please. What would you, you know what? We've talked about this before, you know, it might not even be a hundred dollars that 10 bucks. What would you do if you found 10 bucks sitting on the, on the ground when you walked outside today? I would pick it up. I have a question. It's, what if it was like a, okay. what if it was like a jar full of change? Would you, would you just. You know, leave that there. Are you asking me? I, yeah. I would pick it up. I would pick, pick that it up. up. Yeah. Yeah. You probably put in that little machine you got that rolls the quarters for you automatically. Well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> I found a $5 bill and some change at the cabin and I picked it up 
and I was able to buy Tammy a uh, grande cold brew with cream and two equals this morning oh, at Starbucks. Oh, boys. Ooh, My man scores some points. Yeah. A little freebie there, Starbucks. So, You're welcome. All right. So for for the listeners out there, why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why us over here at the JPP, we go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. It's the only look, .ag website I go to. Yeah, know? I mean, the only one. <laughs> and I, would, I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. And so just do the smart thing if you're going to bet football this season. And like we're going to get into a little bit here in a minute. We're going to tell you who to bet on or maybe not to bet on if you, if you listen with us over here. So right now, my bookie is actually doing something special for our listeners. If you join now, they will double your first deposit. All you have to do is put the promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's the promo code CHAIR, and they will double your deposit. So you hop on there, you put your new account, and you put $100 in. They're going to double it. They're going to drop another $100 down in your account. And we're, we're just about to feed you winners. If you just listen, in the next 30 minutes, we're about to just feed you the information. Yep, that's what we're doing. To make, yeah, I mean, it's, it's here for you. So that's visit mybookie.ag, as LJ said earlier. Put in the promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to activate the offer, and you'll get double down on your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. Week four is in the books. Let's do some week four takeaways. Pops, I'm going to go straight over to you. What What do you what you wake up this morning thinking about after week four of the NFL season? Well, it's weird how I started thinking about this, but I started thinking about backup quarterbacks. Oh, and, interesting. Well, that's not weird. Okay. Yeah, that's been and, the Well, story but it is year. weird how I started thinking about it. So the way <laughs> I started thinking about it is I'm sitting there watching the uh, Chicago Bears play. Who did they play this week? Uh, Vikings. The Vikings. Vikings. They play well. They no. The Kirk Cousins is a starting quarterback. He plays like a backup. <laughs> the Vikings a who might want to talk to their backup quarterback. By the way, oh, Kevin, God. I think you your opinion may be right. But <laughs> so I'm the Bears watching, defense is awful. Uh, I'm watching the Bears and the Vikings play, and I'm kind of looking on my computer and kind of watching, and I keep thinking, damn, that Trubisky, he's like drilling that ball in there. He's accurate. Damn, he's standing in there taking some punches. I mean, he is really – he's turning into a quarterback. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's Chase. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's Chase. Not- <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. Um <laughs> So I got to look at a little bit, though. I mean, you've got some backup quarterbacks. This guy Minshew, uh, can I say Minshew, Kevin's got rocking the mustache? <laughs> he's rocking the oh, mustache. Yeah. I, but did you see that little play? He it was no totally shut Romo-esque. up. I don't want to talk I'm, about it, huh? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> oh, it was amazing. I guess it was. But LJ, you can't you can't credit. It was against the Broncos, but that play it was like Johnny Manziel mixed with Romo, mixed with Brett Favre. Like, it was beautiful. It was what he uh, did at the end of that beautiful. Game. It, it was, was a painful. great play. It was so it was painful. painful for a Bronco fan. Yes, and then. <laughs> Mason Rudolph played really good uh, Monday night, looked really yeah. good in, in place of the future Hall of Famer, Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you, I think Carolina probably isn't too concerned about Cam Newton getting back too damn fast because they've got an undrafted free agent in, I think the guy's name's Kyle Allen. Isn't that right? Who's just yep. Kyle lighting Allen. it Can I give up. you Kyle Allen stat real quick? I, I found today. I just think it's really interesting. I'm sorry. Yeah, what? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I can. Okay. Uh, he has been sacked five times and he has fumbled – uh, on while being sacked five times, I just think that's a really interesting stat. Now, who are you talking? Apparently, he has small hands. Who are you talking about? Kyle Allen. Oh, really? Yeah, he, he has. He does have a. He does seem to have a bit of a fumbling issue. He has been sacked but, five times, and each time he's fumbled the ball. 
Well, but he's also started three games, and Dad, you were and correct. He's three he's and won all three of them. He's three and zero in the NFL. And he, who, who have they played? I mean, because they played the Falcons last week. The Falcons. I mean, spoiler alert: they might come up for me in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> yeah, th- no kidding. So they played the Texans, who you know they're going to go nine and seven. Their like ass they do by they got Bill anybody, O'Brien. you know, whatever. Hey, look here. You can only beat the team you're playing each week, and <laughs> so true. far he's done That's that true. three out of three That's times. True. You're right. And, you're right. LJ, don't let it. He, he wanted to bring up the play that buried your team. And if he's going to bring up backup quarterbacks, his team, the Dallas Cowboys, we talked about it last week. We're, we're, we're Cowboy fans over here. And they finally played a team worth something. And Teddy Bridgewater, backup quarterback over there. <laughs> yeah. I should have mentioned I, Teddy Bridgewater. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. I, you're right, Dad. I don't well, know. And, this feels... and was it Matt Barkley almost beat the Patriots? Well, yeah. And I want to get into that game, too, in a, in a second. Will. But I, I think you're on to something. I don't know. If if maybe this is just recency bias for me, but it seems like the backup quarterback is more important than ever. I mean, in a, in a time where it seems like they try to protect the quarterbacks, I think the Saints and other teams are showing you how important it is to have a backup quarterback. I mean, we just saw it with the Eagles not that long ago. I feel like in recent years we've learned you better have someone just in case that can at least because now the Saints look like a team where Teddy Bridgewater. I don't. I think he's kind of showing you he's probably a backup, not a starter. But he looks like he's going to get them a couple wins, and when Breeze finally does come back, they're still going to have all the goals that they had at the beginning of the year intact. Yeah. Whereas I think, we've seen other teams where it's falling apart for them. I think it picks the whole team up. I think you could see in the Pittsburgh game all the offensive linemen hugging Rudolph and all that stuff. I mean, I think I think the whole team picks it up a notch when that when the starter goes out. And, and I think that's cool to see because, boy, that New Orleans defense showed the hell up the other night. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they held yeah. what they, fifty yards rushing. I think Dallas had something ridiculous like that. As a as a cowboy as a cowboy fan, and I'm still I think this podcast, at least from my end, is still a pro Kellen Moore podcast. <laughs> but like I said, like I said last week, I thought Dak should have got his extension last week before the game this past Sunday night. Uh, Kellen Moore got just roasted by what's that, Dennis Allen or Allen over the DC over at the Saints. I mean, he just. They just made him – he just undressed him on national TV, and that's going to happen. He's a young offensive coordinator, and I think where we'll really see is how they bounce back from a tough game. And I, I, for one, I think they will bounce back and be fine. I don't think this was showing that Dak Prescott stinks or that Kellen Moore's a bad OC. But you played three bad teams, and now you got punched in the mouth. How do you respond? I think you really learn if a team's a legit contender is how you respond once you got punched in the mouth. And Sunday night – the boys got punched right square, square in the mouth. Square in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, LJ, what did you? Oh, real quick before we move on, I do I do want to ask since LJ is a Chicago native and Dad first brought up Chase Daniel just looking great out there. Is it is Chase Daniel better well, than the guy say, that the Bears traded up to second overall to get in Mitch Trubisky? We're uh, we're not doing buys right now, but I did write right, down a right. buy. What I was gonna do, I was gonna buy the Chicago Bears because the Defense has come alive, and maybe Trubisky being hurt's not a bad thing. So <laughs> maybe they're like, you know, make sure that shoulder's fine, Mitch. Yeah. Just, just get it fine. Like, let's not rush this at all. Let's just take our time. Yeah, that's that's exactly where I was with this. Was Trubisky um, did not did not earn his next paycheck with this game, at least. You know, he didn't show. There's that things him being yeah. out hurts. There's things that Trubisky can do that Chase Daniel clearly can't, I think. Like, there's some – every now and then Trubisky will make, like, a running play or do something where you're like, man, there's there's something there. But when Chase Daniel came in, it felt like they were just – they know he's not going to screw it up. Like, he's going to make the throws he needs to make. He might not do anything crazy, 
But when you got a defense like the Bears got, you really don't have to do anything crazy. Just yeah. don't lose it for us. Well, and uh, I think there's something interesting to be said about uh, there's there's this like uh, the the Tebow problem, if you will, um, that if you have a player that has a certain style set, you need to have a backup that has a similar style set, which is why like Taysom Hill's not the starting quarterback for the uh, the Saints right for now Saints. because once Drew Brees comes back in, we want to make sure that they're ready to play Drew Brees football, not Taysom Hill football. And yeah. uh, and and I think like the Bears do have that going for him with Chase Daniel. He's there's no tape on him really, and uh, and his style is not unlike Trubisky's. He can make a make a few yards with his feet, but he also he's he's more of a scramble sort of passer. Um, and and so I do I I think that Chase Daniel is finding himself finally in a situation that works for him, which is I've always kind of rooted for. I, I liked him at Mizzou back in the day. Yeah. So um, it's good to see and- him succeeding. Yeah, I, I, for one, I agree. I agree with that. Um, LJ, what, what is something you took away from week four? Well, uh, the the Bills uh, are a good team. I think the, the Bills are good, well, at least a good defense. We'll at least give them good defense because uh, they gave up 13 points in the first quarter. They gave up four picks, a blocked punt, and they still were with within six points at the end of the game with Matt Barkley fighting to keep them uh, undefeated. I mean, that's just, that's an incredible feat for a team that, I mean, I've been saying the bills are going to come back and be a good team since uh, Paul Pazlesny got drafted. Uh, and it's yet to work out for me. So uh, you, you and Chris Berman have been waiting for the, for the bills to become good again. Yeah, exactly. But I think they're, I think they're showing right now that they've got the team. We'll see what happens. I mean, I, I don't even know what to think about Josh Allen and if he, you know, and when he comes back, what, what that means. But, um, but that defense, at least, and that running game with Frank Gore being, uh, he walked his way into the Hall of Fame this last week. Um, Agreed. If he wasn't already, if he wasn't already first ballot, he's going to end up being Frank Gore is amazing. I bet yeah. we touch on him when we touch on some goods here in a little. Did bit. you know he uh, he? Uh, we can save it for the goods. I might just move it over there. But uh, he's started two hundred games as a running back, and only one other running back has ever done that: Hall of Famer Emmitt Smith. So. Mm. I heard he's pretty good. I think he's pretty good. Yeah, he's one of the only other people to have what is it, fifteen thousand yards or what? What huge number did uh, fifteen thousand? He, yes, yeah. he's uh, number four on the all-time career leaders list, and he's like two hundred yards behind Barry Sanders. He'll get Barry Sanders this year. Uh, he, I'll tell you, I was reading an article. Frank Gore does have an eye on Emmitt Smith. He's about, I think, three thousand yards away from Emmitt Smith. So I mean. That's I don't probably taking that at least three more years, and I don't even think he's getting a thousand yards a season. So it's going to take a while. But well, Frank Gore's the guy; he just never goes away. He never goes away. He, but it, well, I will say a, a big problem for Frank Gore's record, which is not something he cares about. He wants to win games. He doesn't care about how many numbers he gets. Devin Singletary's coming back at some point, and if that team's not playing Devils, Devin Singletary, uh, you know, some at least forty percent of snaps, they're messing up because. Dude's explosive. So, yeah. Hey, quick, quick Bills fun fact from that game, from that Bills game. Uh, Tom Brady had his lowest quarterback rating in his career Whoa. when he actually won a game. He actually, for, for actually winning the game, he had his lowest quarterback rating in his career against wow. the Buffalo Bills this past week. Wow. So, can let, let's piggyback a little more on this game because it, it was, it was teeter on one of my takeaways from the week. And it, it it kind of comes down to kind of like what you're saying, LJ, but I think we learned because before week four, we the Bills were 3-0, and we knew this was going to be their test. This was are, we, are the Bills really a good team or not? And I think this game showed us, once again, the Bills are a really, really good team, but 
Patriots. They lack at the most. Well, yes, <laughs> but they lack at the most important position yeah. on the football field. I mean, they they came out there and let's just talk. Dad mentioned it. Not only did they hold Tom Brady to the lowest passer rating that he's ever had in a win, but they th- th- that Bills defense held Tom Brady and the Pats to 3.6 yards per play, which is the worst they've done in nine years. Just one offensive touchdown. And then 11 of the 13 drives, the Patriots had one first down or fewer. And Tom Brady's stat line, 18 of 39, below 50% completion, 150 yards, no touchdowns and interception. If you take away the – he had a short throw to Josh Gordon that went for 31 and 31 yards and then a throw to James White that went for 49. You take those two away, Brady threw for just 70 yards. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Well, Nailed the GOAT. I think to nothing. And, they, one and they almost won. Isn't that one offensive touchdown off of the blocked punt? Yeah. Well, no, they had an offensive touchdown. They had a drive where they got an offensive oh, touchdown. Oh, and that Brandon was the, they got a touchdown on the blocked punt. Okay. The yeah, Patriots yeah. did a typical thing where Brandon Bolden, who probably only took one snap, got vultured the goal line <laughs> touchdown from any any fantasy owner. <laughs> but the, the, the Bills just – and we talked about it, I think, last week, week four. There's something about Josh Allen I kind of like. But but he's not. At one point, he was one for eight with two interceptions, and he had more completions to the Patriots than he did to Bills. Yeah, and that defense kept him in the game. They and like LJ saying, all that said, the offense was putrid, and they still Matt Barkley had a chance to win that game at the end. And I kind of thought he might at one point. I was like, holy crap! Yeah, yeah. I think I saw somewhere that uh, New England had only eleven first downs in the game. I can't find that right now, but it was ridiculous. That Buffalo defense is. Is must be pretty legit. It's, really good. It's a I Buffalo think they, defense they that could lose five Super Bowl or three Super Bowls in a row. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want to throw out an interesting comparison that was uh, I, I saw on the internet this past uh, couple of days. Here, here, I'm going to read you. There's quarterback A and quarterback B. All right. All right. Quarterback A completed 55 percent of his. This is through the first four games into their second season. Okay. All right. Okay. And this is where Josh Allen is right now. Okay. Quarterback A, 55% completion percentage, little under 3,000 yards, six yards per attempt, 13 touchdowns, and 31 interceptions slash fumbles. Quarterback B, 58% completion percentage, a little under 3,000 yards, six yards per attempt, 16 touchdowns, and 19 interceptions and fumbles. Quarterback A is Josh Allen at this point in his career. Okay. Quarterback B is EJ Manuel, wow. who got benched, who got benched after the fourth week wow. in the second season. Wow. Hmm. I, wow. I just find that wow. interesting. I, I EJ, at this point, at this point in their careers, EJ Manuel was a better passer than Josh Allen. And it really wasn't even close. I mean, I guess it's kind of close on the yards, but touchdowns to interceptions, not even close. And EJ Manuel got benched and Josh Allen were kind of going, we kind of like him. It's just, it's interesting wow. yeah. the way we, we look at things. Okay. Now I will say Josh Allen, if you look at the rushing, at this point in their career, Josh Allen has 700 yards rushing, 11 touchdowns. EJ Emanuel had 230 and three touchdowns. So Josh Allen does bring more to the game, I think, maybe. But that was from Matthew Fairborn of The Athletic, who covers the Bills for TheAthletic.com. I just thought that was a really interesting comparison. And then yeah. the other fun fact that I just thought was funny. Do you know, and you might have seen this circulating. Do you, Dad, do you know who has the most wins by a quarterback in Buffalo? Yes, uh, Jim Kelly. It's got to be Jim in the Kelly. Past, well, since, uh, in the past, I'm sorry, in the past uh, like 20 or I think 30 years, since since Jim Kelly retired, do you know who has the most wins in Ralph Lauren State? I would even say that it's not necessarily going to change the stat if Jim Kelly's playing, but. <laughs> I don't know. 
LJ, do you have a guess? Thomas Brady. Thomas Brady it has is, won more games is, in Ralph oh. L. Wilson Stadium than any other oh. quarterback in the last at least some some twenty years. So Brady uh, Brady's number one at sixteen. Drew Bledsoe is tied with Tyra <laughs> Taylor at number two with fourteen. Good gracious. Fitzmagic's thirteen. Trent Edwards, JP Lossman, and then Josh <laughs> Allen is at seven. Wow. Four. Uh, wow. Okay. Even crazier. So Brady is sixteen and two all time in Buffalo. He's thirty and three all time against the Bills, whether it's in Foxborough or Buffalo. He has more Super Bowl MVPs for than the losses to the Buffalo Bills in twenty years. Can we just wow. call? Can we call <laughs> Buffalo like North New England and just make that a home game for him? Because <laughs> it, it really is. <laughs> Rochester is not a is not a home field advantage for the Bills. Um, I wouldn't. So my takeaway from Week four, it was it was a lot on that Bills thing. Where I, I, one thing I realized real quick was, wow, that defense is fantastic. But my other takeaway, not in that game, is is it time? I don't, maybe I'm 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 seeing the panic button. I don't know if I'm pressing it, but if I'm a Los Angeles Ram fan and Ooh. I look at that Jared Goff 134 million dollars he's due over the next four years. Am I pressing the panic button uh, or am I thinking about it? You know, I put them in that top tier and that, well, but I will say the Buccaneers, can we say the Buccaneers do weird things? The Buccaneers yeah, are a real yeah, football sure, team. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think that's the most accurate <laughs> sentence that will be said on this podcast this week. The Buccaneers and Jameis Winston in particular do well, or if it, even if it's magic last year, the Buccaneers yeah. just do weird things. They, they always have, do. they always have, they always will. That's what their that's what their role is in the NFL. So it's kind of hard to. I actually felt like a lot of this week was like there were only a few games that I felt like were really accurate to what life. Like I feel like I know about the NFL, and it was like the Broncos game against the Jaguars felt right. The the Patriots Bills felt right. Everything else. Oh, and the the Bears Vikings felt right. Everything else was kind of like it felt somewhat random. Like that the uh the Cowboys and the Saints would end up in a defensive just. Slugfest. Uh, that's not what I expected in any way, and uh, and and I think this is one of those that I just feel like I didn't learn much from this game. I feel like it was just confusing more than helpful. Well, I I just I took away from it going, man. You know, I I understand what the what the Rams are doing. Like, go ahead and solidify your quarterback. And golf had a good year, but next year in twenty twenty, golf's cap hit is thirty six million dollars, wow. which will be the highest paid player in the NFL at this point next year. He wow. did not look like the highest paid player in yeah, the NFL no. on Sunday. Well, I mean, what do you mean? He threw for 517 yards, Kevin. Because he, that was the worst. Okay, I don't I know. Agree. I don't have no, all the 500-yard games in front of me right now, but that was the least uh, impressive 500-yard I mean, game I think I've ever He missed some passes out there. I agree. It was funny. He threw for 500 yards, and yet he missed several passes and really didn't play that fantastically. But. On on top of whether, whether or not – I don't I, – I'm sure golf and them will turn around because I just think Sean McVay is a really good coach and they'll figure some stuff out. But on top of golf, not really seeming like he's worth that much money. I really am starting to get worried that we've seen the best of Todd Gurley's career and it's not I getting much too. better. I don't I know. Do I, I hope I'm wrong because I loved good Todd Gurley last year, but he only had like five carries. Now they were down by 21 really fast, but he just doesn't look like the guy that was an MVP candidate last year. I, I'm nervous about the Rams. I think what the last two seasons have taught me about the NFL is no one position makes or breaks a team because we're we saw last year what a CJ Anderson could do, um, and and we're seeing this year what a backup quarterback can do. I think there's no position where you run your football team. And Todd Gurley, we used to think was the reason the Rams were successful, but I, I agree with you 100 percent that clearly um, 
he's he's just a part of the puzzle piece. You know, there, there's yeah. a lot going on in L.A. Well, so that was that's kind of like one of my takeaways was I'm worried about the the Rams, and that was also my ugly is the fact that Jared Goff is going to be paid 36 million wow. next year, and I don't know if that's good or not. Wow. Do you guys have let's like we'll run through. Do you pops? Do you have a good, bad, or ugly that you took away from this? You know, I, I guess uh, this could be all three of those. Um, Vontez, Bur- <laughs> okay, Vontez, perfect. I yeah. mean, oh yeah, come on. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't read all the paperwork, but I think I'm in agreement with the year long ban. I yeah. mean, this guy has been a headhunter from day one. He's been warned. He's been warned, and he keeps doing it. Um, I. I just that was ugly what he did. I mean, the guy was kind of getting up on his knees. He wasn't. I mean, I know he was still needing to be down, but you could have just touched him, right? Yep. Yep. Perfect's uh, just a dirty player. Can I and, say uh, I'll have to look up the stats later? But I want to say I read today that Perfect is responsible for forty three percent of all suspensions in the NFL history. So wow. So we're we're wow. yeah we're in year one hundred as is the NFL's made well documented. We're in the hundred year of the NFL. Seven times the NFL has suspended someone for multiple games for an on-field infraction. Vontez Burke on is on that list three times, 43% of the multi-game suspensions in the last 100 years. And at some point, you kind of just go, I don't, I'm not saying the coaching like John Gruden or, or Marvin Lewis at, back in Cincinnati encouraged it at all. I'm not saying that. Right. But at some point, you're not discouraging it enough, I yeah, think. Agreed. You're allowing it. Well, when you hire he keeps him, doing when the it. Raiders hire him, they're saying, you keep playing your game, we like you. You know, I mean, I, I, I think like there, there's got to be a, a meeting at some point saying, you got to change your game. And if he doesn't, I mean, like, I, he, I well, think, I think he's finally the career. NFL stepped in. I think maybe so. Maybe so. Because mm, that, could be. I agree. If that was anyone else, I don't know because it is. If in slow motion, it looks really bad. I know it's bang bang, and your first thought yeah. is to you're trying to punish the offensive player. You want to hit them hard. I get that, and maybe you screw up and you do lead your head, and everyone makes mistakes. But this guy has made mistake after mistake yeah. after mistake. It's and not he, his first time. And if this is if this is Von Miller, who's more likable, then we automatically say, well, it was an accident. But it's Montez Perfect, who's not, and so we say, well, he's. That guy. I don't know if the likability has it to do LJ as much as he's just a repeat offender. Repeat offender. Yeah. Repeat did you see offender. him? Did you see him leaving the field? Oh, he was like he's laughing like, about it, right? He was laughing, smiling, blowing kisses to the the Colts fans. Like he doesn't even feel remorseful at all. Yeah, he, I mean, he's I a psychopath. Know. I think. Like, it, I mean, we can't identify uh, psychological disorders on this podcast. We're not uh, qualified to. But if we could, I would probably say he's a psychopath. So he'd be uh, a candidate. He would be a candidate <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right, yeah. LJ. What about you? Do you have? I think that's a good one, Dad. I agree. Well, do you have a good, bad, or ugly that from this past week? I mean, I, I will say kind of ugly. I finally got to uh, see what Flacco did with decent blocking, and it wasn't pretty. Um, so I'm I'm finally falling into that Wait, camp. That uh, he's not. Uh, he's not an answer. Um, he. I mean, I will say he throws. I would say of his. Say he throws a good deep ball. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, you know, not good enough, but I mean, he throws like, I, I'd say he throws like four bad throws a game, like just terrible. Why did you throw that ball? Who were you throwing to bad plays a game? And that is way too many for an NFL quarterback. I mean, that's, that's the kind of shit that like I pick on Roethlisberger for. So, you know, essentially your, uh, your dream that you've wished upon me for the last uh, seven nights of my life of Roethlisberger being the Broncos quarterback <laughs> felt like it was true this Sunday. So, um, uh, 
you know, the the thing with them, and I almost put them somewhere on this list just because I felt bad, like for the other guys, because I don't think Flacco's played good at all. I don't think that I don't think it's very arguable. I know yeah. you have in recent weeks, but they have got bad play at quarterback play, and they for the second time in four weeks lost to a field goal, or no, they lose to a touchdown or field goal as time they, expired. Was it a field goal? Uh, I was no. T- uh, yeah, it was field goal. Field goal. Yeah, field so goal. Yeah, goal in a row. yeah. That's just, that's tough. I mean, that team they're not just like they're not the Dolphins and Redskins where they look when like a Bradley Chubb gave games. up his season to win this game. I mean, you know, Bradley Chubb's out for the rest of the year trying to win this game. And so that's where I wanted to mention. I wanted to ask you as a Bronco fan. So Chubb is now a partially torn ACL, and he even he played on that sucker oh after God, he tore yeah. it. He came back and played. I saw so him that dude's got to be saw tough. Him run back on the field. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. So that dude's got to be tough, oh, yeah. but. So they're now 0-4, Chubb's out for the year, Flacco's not the answer. Uh, is it crazy to see if they could get a Khalil Mack-type offer for Von Miller? I, I know you love Von Miller, and I do too. I think he's an awesome guy, great player. Where are they going right now? Well, I think uh, – so here's the reason that I'll never be a Broncos owner is because I would say no, because I just I, – I adore Von Miller almost as much as I adore the Broncos. So it would be hard to see it's, – it's like a Colts fan saying, yeah, you should trade Peyton Manning, like that – feels like a crazy thing to do no matter what the situation is. And so, but I, I do think that it's worth considering if you are an owner, it's worth hearing what the offers are. Um, I just, I, I'm afraid, I'm afraid that, because I do think they are going to, the defense is coming alive. The defense is actually coming alive. They're getting sacks from not just Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, but they started making plays all over the defense. And um, I, I don't think they're going to end up with that number one pick. So if you're going to get that number one pick, you better trade for it. So I don't know. It's I, I think it's something they at least should if, – if someone calls, they should take the call. I'm with yeah, you. I think Von I just, Miller's kind of the uh, heart and soul of their locker room, and he's a leader in that organization. And I hope he retires with the Denver Bronco uniform on. But I think you take the call and at least see. If someone's willing to do the Khalil Mack two first-rounders, I just don't think, think about it. I, I don't think the locker room recovers if you trade away Von Miller unless you trade him away for what leads to a Super Bowl. Like I just feel like and, that's – You've got to get a Super Bowl in the next two years, or that locker room is going to be the the Raiders' locker room, which got to win. This and that week, said, but. yeah, true. That said, though, Von Miller, I don't want to make it sound like I haven't heard anything about him complaining about the, like wanting to leave Denver. I think he's no, there he for wants the long to stay, haul. I'm just, I'm just saying it's worth at least been, taking that the talk's call. been there. I mean, it's not been Von Miller, but it's been other people saying that they should trade um, him, and I disagree. But I'm also my. My my good this week, I, and we kind of touched on it earlier. It's just old guys doing cool things. Frank Gore, obviously, we talked about it before. Yeah. He had the he became the fourth guy ever to hit fifteen thousand yards. He also ran for hundred nine yards. And I was reading a stat that he uh, became the first thirty six year old to run for a hundred yards or more in more than forty years. Wow. That the last guy to do this. I don't know. I don't know who this name is. You may. MacArthur Lane ran for 144 yards as the Chiefs lost to the Bills back in 19. What was the year? It was over. It was 30, 43 years ago or something like that. Um, I don't remember. (laughs) So so the point was in in an era where the running back does not age well, we've talked about this. They might get one contract. Frank Gore is 36 years old against a Patriots defense who we said is really good. Maybe on a team that had no quarterback play. And he ran for 109 yards. It's so impressive, so cool. And then yeah. the other old guy doing cool things, Larry Fitz became – he passed uh, – I forget who he passed, but he's now second all-time on receptions behind 
the greatest wide receiver of all time, Jerry Rice. Yeah, saw that. It's just cool. It's we, Tony in my Gonzalez. lifetime. He I've watched Tony Gonzalez. That's was it Tony G? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in my lifetime, I've got to watch pretty like since my football watching career, I guess if you call it that, it's been Frank Gore and Larry Fitzgerald have been around the whole time, and they've been consistently like they just don't go away. They're always solid, and Larry Fitzgerald looks like he's rejuvenated his career this year. Can it's I just, say it's cool while we're talking about old guys not not making it happen, Adam Vinatieri, that dude, I just want him to like. I wanted him to walk away as the best kicker to have ever played, but I like this. This year has been a bad taste, man, because he missed what a, a field goal and an extra point this week. I think. Yeah, I think he did again. Oh, mm. God, I hate that for him. He deserves better. He deserve. He's he deserves a spot in Canton. I think he's going to get it. But He'll like, get it. This this year is going to leave a bad taste in my mouth for sure. Just no doubt. Is there is there any is there any other good, bad, or ugly you guys have? Well, I wanted to say I have a good. I have a good. Cool, okay. um, and it also has to do with uh, the the Jaguars. Um, so this is a hard good for me to get. Are we going to talk Gardner Minshew again? Gardner Minshew uh, a little bit because there was a plane flying over Mile High Stadium saying uh, it had like one of those tails that followed the plane, and it said Gardner Minshew can uh, f- can throw over mountains, and it turned out to be true. But also, that's just a hilarious thing to fly a plane for. <laughs> I just think that's genius. The the legend of Gardner Minshew grows and will probably never stop growing. I just I love this dude. I wish he didn't win this week, but I love this dude. <laughs> I, I agree. I, there's I like something about him. I just love him. He's fun to watch. So, yeah, that, that is pretty good. Hey, Nick Foles, they're not hurrying Nick Foles back yeah, either, I bet right, you. Right, <laughs> No, and he just got paid, what, $88 million or something for his contract. So we'll oh, see what ends up happening with that because Gardner Minshew looks like he might be around to stay. Uh, let's let's wrap up NFL talk. Let's do some playoffs. Who, who are we crossing off the list? I'll go first. Gonna be short, sweet. I watched them on Monday night. I am crossing off the Bungles and Done. and Andy Dalton, yeah. and I think they may end up being okay eventually. But for this year, yep. nope, I don't see uh, it. I think so Andy Dalton and AJ off. Green never play on the same football team again after this year. Hmm. Have y'all noticed that AJ Green? So they were showing him on the sideline. He has a, a like a, a resemblance that looks a lot like Chris Tucker. Have y'all ever noticed that before? I don't guess I, I have. Like a, okay, a little bit, I guess. He's like a, a thinner bit. version of Chris Tucker. I just noticed that, and then his face just said it all. Like they were showing him, it looks like he's just like, and I I don't know. I hope I don't know if they can trade him, but maybe try to trade him, get him on a contender because AJ Green's had a good career, and this Bengals team is not going. They might okay. eventually. Zach Taylor might be a good coach eventually, but this year. They're not going anywhere, so yeah. I'm crossing them off the list. He's not. I mean, because AJ Brown's taking over the AJs in the NFL right now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pops, you crossing off anybody off your list? I am, and LJ, I think I might get some of your thunder here, but uh, I'm crossing off the Atlanta Falcons. I yeah. mean, they yeah. look like a train wreck. I was wreck, scared too. And here is their schedule coming yep. up: <laughs> Houston, Arizona, LA Rams, Seattle. New Orleans, LJ Carolina, the exact same thing. <laughs> I mean, great minds, LJ. But I mean, I hate. I like the coach. I like Matt Ryan. I like Arthur Blank. I like the Atlanta Falcons. They are a train wreck. Yeah. I think they've had Julio's some injuries. A, but a beast. God. Devonta Freeman's a beast. I mean, they've just got they've got all the pieces and no chance. No no chance of winning. No chance of um, winning. Do you know they're off. They're you done. know the Falcons became after last week. They became the 11 team in NFL history. To complete thirty-five or more passes and not score more than ten points. Wow, wow, <laughs> it's tough. Dan Quinn's got to go. I think he's just got to go. Uh, well, they never go. got. They haven't got over that Super Bowl that they blew against the Patriots. Yeah, they blew they it. They clearly it. blew it. Yeah, I saw a guy with a shirt that had uh, twenty-eight to three Atlanta Patriots. It was that's a great shirt. I just want to get that shirt. I hate New England, but 
Um, <laughs> that's but you kind of like that shirt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to hear my playoff? Uh, uh, no playoff yeah. contender. Well, I mean, surprisingly, it's, it's I'm going to agree that it's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but I did want to throw out that uh, they that Matt Ryan threw 53 passes and they were only down uh, in the first half. Like they the Tennessee Titans didn't score a single point in the second half. So in theory, they could have run it at some point in that game, but they still decided to go 53 passes over the uh, instead of uh, how many runs. Let's see. That's uh, 17 runs. 53 passes, 17 runs. It's just not a winning formula, no. especially when you're in the game, though. That's how you I lose a game. Understand. That's how you lose a game. It's not like the Titans are the best team in the NFL. They're good, but they're not great. Um, you know, run the ball. It's a tough loss. See what happens. But I was, I'm with y'all, though. I, I do kind of get where you are going. I'm scared to cross them off because, like LJ was naming off all the talented guys on that team. There's a lot of talented players. Like I just think maybe they fire their coach and another guy gets in. I don't know. We'll see. Never talk about a man, grown man's job. Isn't that what they say? But. <laughs> Dan, Dan Quinn might need to go here. That I was going to mention a good one. Did y'all see the ref? So Alex Mack, the center for the Falcons, got called for a holding or something. And the ref's mic was still hot when he got done. He called the holding. And Alex Mack's looking at him. And you hear the ref go, you can't do you that. Can't do you that. can't do that. <laughs> that was good. I wish they kept the ref's mic a little like hot an extra like five or ten seconds every time. <laughs> Just can't like, do that. They're a little. Wow. All right, we will get in. Ne- all right, we're about to this next half of the podcast. We're going to get into some fun topics. We want to talk about uh, a great charity and also maybe the good and evil of social media. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Blue Chew. Guys, do you remember the days when you weren't always yeah. ready to go? Well, if you want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, listen up. BlueChew.com. That is blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. And you can take them anytime, day or night, on a full stomach or an empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill. Two times wow. as fast as the pill. Is that twice, so two be, times, and twice, same thing? Okay, well. Wow. Two times. <laughs> so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through with it. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits that are all awkward, no waiting in the pharmacy. The best of all, no, no, no more of dealing with all that awkwardness. They're made in the U.S., and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, let me tell you about what they're doing right now for our listeners. They're giving a special deal. If you visit BlueChew.com, you can get your first shipment for free. When you use a special promo code armchair, just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that is bluechew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code armchair to try it for free. Bluechew is the better, cheaper, faster. Those are three good adjectives. Better, better, cheaper, cheaper, faster choice. Can't teach cheaper, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And we thank them, and we thank Bluechew for sponsoring the pod. You know, right, blue chew, we, blue chew is like Flintstone vitamins, but instead of getting iron supplements, you get to lay the pipe yourself. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Speechless. Okie dokie. Let's take a hard left turn. I, I want to talk. You guys, I, I think we might have talked about this in person or like not too long ago or maybe on the pod. I don't know. But can, y'all want to talk. Have y'all looked into some of this Carson King story? Y'all want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah. Let's talk sure. about it. Let's talk about it. So a, a few weeks back, a college football fan, Carson King, 
showed up to game day for Iowa versus Iowa State with a sign that read, Bushlight Supply Needs Replenished, and then he had his Venmo account. Clever <laughs> sign, fun, yeah. cool, like that. that's fun. And then he realized, holy crap, people are actually sending me money. He looked down, and his Venmo account had more than $600 already put into it. So the 24-year-old said he's going to do something cool, and he's going to turn the joke into a donation and put it all to the University of Iowa Children's Hospital. Pretty cool thing. And yeah. then all of a sudden... He started gaining like a ton of attention from the local national news. Bush Beer even noticed and said they would match any donation that he got on his Venmo. Then his account got up to one million dollars. They so also all promised. Of this, they also promised a year supply of Bush Light with his face printed on the cans, which is which is badass. <laughs> that is. Oh, hell. that is badass. I haven't heard that. But it's not all good. The later he started gaining a ton of attention when this got over a million dollars. Like it was like a big local story, and then it became like it was on like CBS this morning. It was on Good Morning America. It was everywhere. Then a reporter for the Des Moines Register uncovered some tweets from Carson when he was 16, where he made a few racist jokes playing off a Tosh.0 skit. And Carson King took the high road and was real mature about it and said like he's sorry about the tweets. He can't believe and looking back at it, he doesn't understand why he would say that, and he definitely doesn't believe those anymore. And uh, then Bush decided the same company who was going to match it and put his can all over. They said they're still going to do the donation, but they're cutting ties with them and not going to do the whole like they were like almost making this like part of like he was like a Bush light right. uh, like sponsor almost. And they decided they were going to cut ties with them. And it just then uh, it, this took even another turn where a lot of people got really mad about the reporter because they're like, why are you trying to dig up something on this kid who's doing something really, really cool and neat and special? Then people uncover tweets from the reporter back in the day making jokes about gays, tweeting F cops, and tweeting in a tweet using the N-word, and where he was actually quoting a Kanye West song, but still. So like they were just kind of showing out, like, why are you bringing up tweets about someone else when you have some skeletons in your closet? And it was interesting. I, I, at the time, I was really upset. The reporter's name is Aaron... Aaron Calvin and I was real upset with him because I thought, why, why are we dig, why, why are we this way where we got to dig up dirt on every single body all the time? But then I read Aaron Calvin's side of the story, who was since after all this came out was let go by the register, but he claims that he was doing their normal background check and that he really just wanted to add to the profile. But then when he saw these tweets from Carson, he believed he said he had met Carson and realized this was not how he believed at all. And so he wanted to bring them up and go ahead and get ahead of them because he figured if he found them, somebody else would find find them. So he was trying to help Carson King get ahead of him. At least this is his words. And he says that the editor also knew that he was doing the background check and encouraged him to do it and then add it into the article. But then days later, after it got the social uproar on social media, they fired him and kind of used him as the scapegoat. So uh, that ended up happening. Carson King actually got more notoriety out of this, and his thing raised is over two million dollars now. So really cool charity. But I wanted to ask you guys because I went on a roller coaster of emotions with this, and I just went on a long tangent to set it up. But pops, what was your thoughts about this whole Carson King story? Well, I, I've got a few thoughts, and so I want to go through them. So, what do we know about Carson King? W- well, we know he likes beer, right? Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> we know he likes Bush beer. Now we don't yep. know if he likes Bush beer because of the price. I was going to say, he's, he's either got it, bad taste or a college kid. empty wallet. But, Wait, whoa, whoa, but no, whoa, no, 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 no. Bush Light tastes fine. Time out. He, if, the ta- if he likes it for the, the, the price, I get it. It's a yeah. pretty good price point. I actually like the taste of Bush Light beer. I really do. So I think it's a Shout pretty good tasting beer. Uh. 
What else do we know? Well, he likes football. Old style, hit me up. I'll sponsor you. He likes football, <laughs> particularly Iowa State. I mean, and by the way, not getting ahead of myself, but he gave the money to the University of Iowa Children's Hospital, his rival. So seems like he might be a decent guy. So he made some questionable tweets when he was a youngster. Well, 16 you know, years old. 16 years old. You know, had tweets been out there when I was a youngster, perhaps I would have too. Thank <laughs> God all we had was bag phones at the most. There was nothing with a picture on it or anything like that. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, but that doesn't make what he did right by any means. But my hope is that through this, we can at least understand that who we are at 16 is not who we are today. It seems like Carson King's a good guy. Good guy. He did something stupid. Unfortunately, it's still out there. But let's let him be who he seems to be now because it seems like he's heading in the right direction. And while we're at it, let's get Aaron Calvin his job back. So he did some stories on King, and turns out he had some questionable tweets. Oh, really? Wow. Imagine that. Yeah, don't go look at my tweets, please. I don't know what's in there, but please don't go look at them. I'm about to, son. I mean, I'm a different guy than I was at 16, and I think it's very possible that Carson King and Aaron Calvin are too. So let's give them a little bit of a break because it looks like they're trying to do a good thing. Bill? So I want to want to say that I don't think Carson King was the one with the sign, right? Yes. Right, right. So I don't think he's hurting at all over any of this. He actually – I, I think what the newspaper did was was in 100% the, the right way to handle his story, not the way to handle the reporter, but the way that they handled his story was 100% correct. I mean, if you're going to profile somebody that's doing something good and, and claiming that they're going to give to a charity, then yeah, you should look into their shit. Like you should try to figure out whether whether or not their views are conducive to those that make sense. You know, if I'm donating to a charity, I want to make sure that that charity isn't, um, also, you know, somebody that hates black people or something like that, you know, like I, like, I think they did the right thing to look into it and then to report it, but then also report it in a way, if you guys read the original article, it didn't imply that like, he's a racist or anything. It just implied we right. looked into his Twitter. We found these things. We don't want to like pretend like they didn't exist. And they also called him up and asked him about those tweets to which before publishing, before it. publishing to which he actually beat them to the, the publish. He uh, he went out and made statements about these tweets before they could publish the article. So they actually gave him enough heads up to write a statement with potentially some lawyers, but maybe by himself um, to to try to get past this instead of, you know, linger upon this. And so, you know, they I think they 100 percent did the right thing. It's worth checking to see if somebody said some awful shit on Twitter. It's all it's worth mentioning if they did. It's also worth letting them know that you found it so they can try to deal with it. And so I think they did everything right. Carson King's not going to be hurting in any way whatsoever. And his charity got more money after this all came out. I will 2. say point nine five millions. What I heard is what it wound up being. So it's it's now close to three million. And it's, and it's still growing. It's still growing, right? Like it's this. It's not like stopping at any point because you can still find his Venmo account right now. I can go look yeah. it up. Um, yeah. And uh, so with the reporter, I'm unsure as to why he got fired. I understand he said some things that may be unsavory. Um, F the police is what looked like the the worst one to me that I saw. I might have missed a couple. Um, and and that is also just like using the N-word. Um, he was using it in the context of lyrics. I mean, I will say I feel a little less pity for him than, than Carson King because he knows his life is in the public eye. So you've got to check your shit. You know, it's one thing for some rando to like all of a sudden become famous out of nowhere and then be like, oh, I didn't even... Th- 
think about looking at my MySpace account from 15 years ago. But if you're a reporter and it's an active social media account, like you should you should be aware of what it says. But it didn't seem like it was that bad to me. And so it seems like they were just bending to the will of people that are afraid of the concept of cancel culture, which I think is like a a, a BS concept. There's no such thing as cancel culture. People end up fine. Um, they, besides maybe Roseanne, maybe the one. But otherwise, I mean, you know, bad tweets haven't really hurt people that badly over the course of the last couple of years. So I think like we all just need to take a deep breath. The fact that we're even talking about it, I think, implies that like we need to take a deep breath. Like none of this is going to matter in six months to any of these people, you know? Well, and that's what I want to get to. Except hopefully those Real kids quick. at the University of well, Iowa exactly. Children's and Hospital. It will yeah. them in such a positive way. The The fact that we're talking about this is a negative thing, I think, implies that we also need to step back and say, look, the charity is going to be fine and these people are going to be fine. Everybody's going to walk out. But that gets right to where I was going. And because I kind of went through, like I said earlier at the start, it went through a roller coaster emotions where I was like, oh, what a cool gesture. Oh, why would someone go dig up the reports F that reporter? Because all I heard was the hearsay. I just saw tweets and people at work saying, oh, some BS reporter went and dug up old tweets just to try to find dirt on it. And then I actually looked into the story and realized, oh, he just was. He found him, so he got in front of it, and like Elgin yeah. said, he gave him the heads up ahead of time, and really looked like he was being a good journalist. Yeah, yeah. I thought, and then I felt bad for the reporter for getting fired. So in the end, can we just quit coming out with pitchforks every single time we see the hint of something we may or may not like on the surface, and whether it's social media or something? I just feel like we're so reactionary all the time, and I think you're right, LJ. It's going to work out fine for the the kids. This is not going to hurt the kid that much. The only thing that's hurting is because we reacted so harsh. And I say we is just like society. I'm not necessarily saying us three, but just we as Twitter and social media going after that reporter, the the register felt like they needed to do something to respond. And that was when they fired him. They said, we realized how the response was. And we just want to show that we, we listened to our viewers and our readership and we wanted to make a response. And your response was firing him, which I think is wrong. I think that was the wrong thing to do. But in general, but the kid's going to get my a, opinion. He's going to get a job at BuzzFeed. He's going to be fine. Like he's not going to be. Well, he worked for BuzzFeed exactly. before. So he, before they're going to welcome him back with open morning. arms. I guarantee you, he's he's not hurt. I just thought my opinion changed after I had all the yeah. facts and wasn't going off for, off of a hundred and forty character tweet and word of mouth. So I just think let's take five minutes, twenty minutes. Let's get the facts before we decide to grab our pitchforks and our. Flaming broom. Like, you know, why, why do we always have to get so mad so fast? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. calm down. I actually don't think I think it's not as bad as you think it is, though, too. Like, I feel like um, not that much happens when people have like when the bad tweet is discovered. I mean, what happened to that guy uh, uh, in the final four? What was that of Steven Chinzo? Steven Chinzo. I, mean, I mean, who cares? No one cares. No one cares at all. It, it, yeah. That's, well, I don't that understand. Like, forgotten, certainly. Yeah. I, I don't understand. Like, so I get why, why you're saying, and we can get off this topic soon, but I get the journalist doing his, his normal due diligence. Like, you're going to go write this full article about why this guy's donating. Let's go make sure he's a decent human being. You know, like, just do your due diligence. And they did, and they saw this. And then he talked to him and realized, oh, this is not reflect on how he is as a person. But in general, I didn't like the DiVincenzo thing because that seemed like it was just someone like, oh, let me go find some. It dirt. was, but and I think like you're game. exactly right. That's that's what it felt like happened. But like, I think like objectively, it feels like it doesn't matter when somebody does that. And and the reaction is people talking about what they hate happening. You know, it's it's people freaking out about the fact that now somebody found these old tweets of his when really nobody cares that DiVincenzo said some things. 
you know, back when he was The 13. only reason the Des Moines Register fired that reporter is because of the reaction of everyone on social media. Like you're saying, LJ, if we just calm our reaction down, yeah. he probably blows over and he has a job. I don't think probably commend him for doing a good job. Yeah. If, if people are like, oh, Carson King had some bad tweets. Let's see what he has to say about it. And then he says what he says. Then nobody in the world cares. So like some guy got fired over the fact that he did his job. And, um, you know, I, I think the only person that has gotten fired over tweets that hasn't done just fine afterwards is Roseanne Barr. I think outside of the, and and it's because she refused to apologize and to be a part of, you know, the getting better of the world. You know, everybody else has has moved on just fine from these situations. Um at least in what I could find earlier today in my my short-lived research. So, I just think like we as media and I guess like in a sense we're a part of this right now is we just need to calm down about the fact that somebody said something because we're the ones freaking out about it saying we, you can't take it too ter- too seriously and nobody else is freaking out about it taking it super seriously. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. so it's like Taylor Swift said, we just need to calm down. Yeah. It's like an new exactly. song. Exactly. We are <laughs> we are living Taylor Swift right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you mentioned old uh, DiVincenzo earlier, college athlete. Did you see that now, after the California governor, Gavin Newsom, signs a Senate Bill 206 into law on Monday that allows college athletes in the state of yes. California to make money. Thank God. So, I, I, I kind of want to bring this up because I think this is real interesting. Uh, but I wanted to bring up what does this actually mean? So, the NCAA can declare athletes in, cannot declare athletes ineligible in the state of California if they receive compensation for their use of their name, image, or likeness. So... That means the athletes can now sign endorsement deals, take money opportunities like signing autographs or going to a car dealership if a car dealership says we'll pay you this much money just to show up for two hours. And they can now hire agents, reps, and advisors. But before, if a player did this, I mean, you remember Terrell Pryor got some money for some yeah, memorabilia well, or something, and he got for suspended it. for a he game. He didn't even get money for it. But yeah. Right. So now, at least in the state of California, these players can uh, – get compensation for the use of their name, image, and likeness. So the NCAA, they must hate this, right? Well, yeah, the NCAA calls this new bill unconstitutional and has declared that by passing it, it could lead to all 58 college schools being ineligible for NCAA competition because it gives an unfair recruiting advantage. So what happens next? And we're still a long way away from this, like upending the way college sports as we know it. Like, there's going to be a court challenge, then another court challenge, then in probably a year, another court challenge. It's, we're a long way to go, but I think what Govern, Governor Newsom and other others who call themselves college reformers hope this does is they hope other states pass similar state bills that gain more support, thus pressuring the NCAA to change their rules. Several states, including South Carolina, New York, Illinois, Washington, Colorado, have all said they're working towards legisla- legislation heading in this direction. So I just wanted – I guess I'll go to you, El, because I, I know we've talked about this a bunch. But what did you think when you saw the news of this, this bill? I think it's signed? fantastic. I've, I've always been a proponent of the fact that I, as a theater major, could sound design a commercial when I was in college. And it's not like all of a sudden I would be ineligible to be a part of plays. Like that's absolutely absurd in every other field. If an English major writes a screenplay, they can get paid for that screenplay while they're still in college. Like that's absurd that college football all of a sudden – you can use your own name and it, and if you make any profit whatsoever, not even in cash, but in profit of like benefits of some sort, then you're ineligible to be a part of the NCAA. I think that's stupid. I think that's um, especially out of the industry, the only industry in college, uh, the college industry that uh, the only field in the college industry that 
continually makes a profit is saying that their students don't deserve a piece of that is absurd to me. And I hope, I hope in the, in similar to Richard Sherman had a tweet earlier. I hope that what happens is they do declare all California schools ineligible. And then California is where all high school athletes want to go play football. And the NCAA crashes and burns because they've got a system that's backwards and makes no sense because they don't want to pay somebody money because it would cost them money. Like it's, it's, very selfish what they're doing. So I'm I so excited about this law pass. Um, I like I can't even I can't even fathom a better situation for athletes. Pops, what 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 say you? Well, what's interesting is the first thing that came to mind, and y'all both covered it to me, is that boy they got a recruiting advantage now because if I'm a college guy, yeah. where do I want to go? Yeah. California, yeah. because I mean I can I can make a little money on the side. Uh, it's way past time. I, I almost echo everything LJ said. It is way past time if LJ could design a show back in college and get paid for it and not give up any eligibility. Why why can't these guys sign an autograph for God's yeah. sake or? Yeah, yeah. There, it, it's a long time past due. The NCAA needs to to come up to their day of reckoning, and I'll be very interested to watch this story and see how it plays out. So, to to just go devil's Please. advocate, I think where people where people are saying this is bad is it's going to some say this will bring professionalization of college sports. Okay, which would which they say this won't this will make players not tied to academics. Why? The mo- like I, like Darren Ravel of one said that he he thinks that this will lead to the biggest money will be in sham endorsements where agents talk to boosters to arrange fake endorsement deals that merely turn into just recruitment bonuses for players. So like a fake deal where so and so gets paid three million dollars to go to Alabama or one million dollars, which wow. I don't know if that's totally fair because the player it, well, it become it. I, I guess what they're saying is college, I think one reason, and there was this big rant Tim Tebow had where I don't think he was in the right oh, because he talked about how he would be willing to pay play for free. And it's like, well, let's see what family you came from and let's yeah. see what families other people. Like sometimes you might need this money. But one thing that makes college so fun is I think, and I've heard this for people who say they like college over pros, is people are playing for the love of the game, not not for – the money they're playing for the jersey because they love the University of Arkansas or the University of Texas or whatever, and that's what Tebow was saying. He loved the University of Florida and was playing for that jersey. Whereas now you're just gonna go play for the team that's willing to give you the booster that'll give you the biggest check. So I get why some people could be a little upset, but I think this is already going on. We're just doing it behind well, closed exactly. doors. Let's just do it. Let's just open the door. The Let's just put like, the light on it. It's not like NCAA players aren't getting paid, and it's not like they're putting college first. It's not like there hasn't been scandals at, like, say, North Carolina or NC State where uh, players are, are getting free A's just to show up to class and write uh, three-sentence uh, paragraphs for their entire final. I mean, it's not like the idea of the college athlete has uh, has been dead for some time. It's been an athlete, and that happens to be at a college, which is the only good minor league for most of our professional sports. And they're using that minor league for free. And um, that's disappointing to me. If there was, if the AAFL would have kicked off uh, next year, I think they'd have a better chance. Um, mm. And I think that's part of the problem is there's no good minor league for football. So, I, and then I think another argument is just going to be the universities with the most, with the biggest boosters end up doing the best. But I mean, do we know who's been in the in the college football championship the last <laughs> four years? I, right. I don't know if there's that much adversity. There is between like, 10 and 25 in college football, but the top 10 is you like Oklahoma, Alabama, Clemson. It's been the same names at the top for the past 
five years, I feel well, like. And, and the best conference in college football is allegedly the SEC, who's allegedly paid the most money to students of any conference in the NCAA. I mean, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of silly to imagine that these kids aren't getting paid already. So why not do it openly? Yeah, that, that's, I think, or my biggest thing comes down to is just, I think it's already happening. So let's just yeah. do it. Let's the just only place make it not known. happening is clearly in Fayetteville. So. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, and if it is happening in Fayetteville, they're just not doing a good job. They're not doing a good uh, We're not paying enough, playing. whatever. <laughs> um, before we go, there's another, uh, just speaking of this kind of a rule change, another interesting rule change is the NBA is going to try out some new stuff. They're going to enforce a new rule in which they will use in the G League where one free throw will count for all, meaning if you get fouled on a layup, you will go to the line and shoot one shot. If you make it, you get two points. If you miss it, you get zero. Same for three. You get fouled on three, you'll go to the line and shoot one shot. If you make it, you get three points. If you miss it, you get zero. So, Pops, you're kind of our you, – you, you've been a big NBA fan for a long time now. What do you think about this rule? Does this, they're doing it too short in time of games. Does it make any sense to you? Number one, I think there's other ways to shorten the game if that's what you need to do. I – I love a one and one. I love the one and one free throw because that puts all the pressure on the front end. I like. I hated when they kind of the NBA went to all two shot free throws because yeah. I love the one and one. The one and one's the best part about it's college the basketball. Best part about basketball. So I, you know, I, I need to study it more, Kev. Uh, my initial reaction, and I, you know, obviously some of that is because it's change. But uh, my initial reaction is there's better ways to shorten the game if you need to. I don't know why you need to. Most games are about yeah, two hours. That's my thing. Uh, what's is the who's, problem? Who's calling for the NBA to be shorter? Who's bitching any, about it? Have you heard anybody say that? I've never heard anybody say that. I, I hadn't heard anybody really griping about it. So I don't know who they're placing. I actually think my favorite part of the NBA and college basketball are those last two minutes on the clock, which take about a half an hour. Like, that's the best part of basketball to me. Well, if you're going to do any way to shorten games, I think we could get better at instant replay in the NBA. Because half the time, yeah. I think we replay everything. And I don't even, half the time, it doesn't feel like we even get it right when we do do a replay. I know. So. Yeah. Man, I agree. It's like past if, if that's, you know. Well, past yeah. is a joke. This is replay. Anyway, <laughs> a whole other subject. So yeah. <laughs> they think they think by doing this, it'll speed up the games by their calculations. It will shorten the games by at least seven to ten minutes. Which, Ooh. if that's all we're shortening, it, I, I just think it takes a lot away from the game. What happens in that one game? where you're down by one, you get fouled with one second left, and you miss the first free throw, you should get a chance to to make the second one, to tie yeah. it up. Now, you either win it or lose it on that free throw. I, I think it's going to be weird. I don't, I don't well, know. It's also, I, I'm kind of love- like Dad. It's changed, so maybe that's why I'm hesitant. You know, every time I get an update on my phone, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I like it, and then I end up liking it. So maybe yeah. it's just changed that I'm hesitant to. But but I think like I think that's the one part in the NBA that's about thinking rather than doing, and and I think that's exciting. Like it's the it's the moment in – in basketball where you get to consider like, unless your name is like a good one for uh, like a witness protection pro- program, then it's a good time to consider whether or not you should call a timeout or something like that. You know, it's like you're trying to figure out the strategies of each situation. And this is the one time where you don't have to worry about getting a rebound or, you know, uh, fast break running the other way. Like you're just considering what, if this happens, what do I do? If this happens, what do I do? If this happens, what do I do? And it's like, that's where the chess mass of bas- basketball actually happens. Why take that away? I'm with you, with you 100. Uh, one one rule, cha- the other rule change you're thinking about doing, which I thought was interesting, is the NBA is also going to make heights for players certified, which well, will stop. This would stop this KD from being listed as six yeah. foot nine because that is the most the biggest sham in all of in, in sports. It's like KD's listed at six eight or six nine, and then you'll see him standing next to a guy listed seven foot, and he's like an inch taller. You're like, wait a minute. 
So, so is this guy listening too tall or is this guy listening too short? Can I ask that? Why does that actually matter? Whether KD's so, got the right number by his name. Well, the reason it actually got brought up was because this past year it became known that Buddy Heald, the player you, you remember from Oklahoma, Dad? Yep. Mm-hmm. He's over at Sacramento Kings, and last year they realized that the Sacramento Kings had the wrong age for Buddy Heald. They had him listed at like 27 when he was actually 26. And somewhere along the lines, it got screwed up between his birth certificate from Haiti or something. And Sounds it like was some weird. Hardball shit. Well, it was a weird. <laughs> it was a weird thing where Buddy Hill didn't even realize it. Like someone asked him about it. Like they asked him his age, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm 26." And they were like, "Well, why does your age say this?" It's like, I don't know. I've never actually looked at myself on the SacramentoKings.com. Like I don't. I don't think it's for competitive edge. It's really just a mix-up. But so then teams are skeptical. What if teams are cheating us? Like what if like there's a trade going on and Thon Maker or some of these guys from another country is actually 31 years old and they're listing him at 24. I don't know, but that's yeah, how the but, rule first started. They're going to certify everything, and heights are one of them because it's been the long joke in the NBA is that are we measuring this guy? Like one guy's measured with shoes, one guy's measured without, you know. Like, yeah, why, but why also, like, what is the coach setting their lineup based off of like those numbers? Like, of you the might, like, you might, if you, if, like, if you know that if, if no one on the roster is over, like, they're running a small ball where you think, oh, no one on this this lineup's taller than six seven. You might play your guy that you know is six foot seven because at least he's comparable height. Where really, maybe Kevin Durant is seven foot. But then again, you you see him. You on the see court. him on the court. Yeah. I'd say there's yeah. eighty two games a year. I'm kind of right? just playing the devil's advocate. But yeah, I mean, you see Kevin Durant on the court regardless of what he's listed. You know that he towers over the guy that you think is at least listed at the same height. So you I mean, know he's too tall. As someone who loves to like, while I'm watching a game. Like, hop on Wikipedia and see height and weight just so I know. Like, I think it's a good thing to have their weight certified. I don't also don't think it's a big deal. I don't think it matters at all. Like, I don't think the NBA should have to do this. Well, so, Adam Silver disagrees, and he's going to make this a certified thing, which if he maybe has to pick just, one of the two, pick the, the height thing. Pick the height thing over the free throw thing. If he has to pick one of those yeah, two things. True. Yeah, I agree. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just for the fans, LJ. Maybe it really isn't about a competitive advantage or not. It's just like I know the fans want to be able to look up Kevin Durant's height on Wikipedia and know that it's right, not that – which Wikipedia was a bad example yeah. because <laughs> anybody can go in there and put his Wikipedia height. But I just thought those NBA rules are interesting. The NBA is always they, – sometimes they try to be a little – too woke and too new on the rules. And I think, at least for the free throw one, they're trying a little too hard, Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you guys want to touch on? It's kind of hit the, most of the topics that I had kind of written down. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that y'all wanted to? Well, we didn't touch on topless ladies, which are, you know, um, but we don't have to. <laughs> well, you- just so at least, just so at least people understand what LJ's talking about. <laughs> Because they might be like, what? And someone might be intrigued. I don't know. But women can now go topless in multiple states near where we're at, at least, LJ, down here in the south. It's now legal for women to go topless in Oklahoma, as well as, let's see, I had them written down. I Utah, I think. Colorado. It's all around Colorado, and it's the states bordering Colorado, around, I think. Yeah, it's the states bordering Colorado. But the weird thing, so these women can now go topless in public. And the weird thing that I found was interesting is you're allowed to take pictures of the topless women and you can even post them to social media unless it's a teenager's teens can still be bare chested, but taking a picture of them would be considered child pornography. And the police are wondering how the, this is going to be weird to police. Like, I don't know what we do with this because for topless women, they're not allowed to present themselves in a sexual way or say inappropriate things because they're worried that could entice sexual offenders. So in general, I was like, Whoa, this seems like 
a law we're just making to make how many people are actually going to do this? Is this well, a is this a slippery slope? Is that what this is? See, I don't. Think we so. might I think be. It's we no might big, be. I think this is a no big deal situation, right? Because like I think the laws are already basically that for men. Why wouldn't they be that for women? Because like if dad walked out and washed his truck without a shirt on. No big deal. But if he starts rubbing his nipples and talking to the neighbor, like, I think that's a big deal. And we start like having police called over that. And so it's if, if that's the same rule for women. Cool. What have you been up to, Dad? Well, I'm just saying, like, has my neighbor been talking to you again, LJ? <laughs> yeah, we, we talk once a week. I try to talk them out of calling the cops. Oh, damn, um, Glenn. I told him not to tell anybody. <laughs> but I think like I think that like who who cares? Like, this is just like. I mean, you know, it's it, it'll be weird at you first. Think this but this the no story story, really? Eventually, yeah. I think over time it will be. At first, it, the the first few times people see this, if they do, maybe nobody even does it, but like they'll be allowed to. But the over time, it'll just become this thing that's just okay to do. It's not going to matter. So shoot, I don't know. I don't know about all drivers, but I know at, like when there's an accident. I know in Arkansas, there's rubberneckers are bad. I can only if they're, if you're if you're turning your neck to look at an accident, what are they going to do when they're driving down the street, driving down Dixon, and there's this bare chested woman? They're going to cause I mean, more accidents, is what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, but how often is a dude wearing no shirt on Dixon too? Like it's not like every day. True, but I, yeah, I I think you're right, LJ. I don't I don't think that many people it will actually happen. And by if if you're if you're a woman and you want to go shirtless. By all means, By all means. You have, we on this podcast endorse a, that decision. <laughs> we do, but I, I think I, I'm trying to get where you were saying where if I'm allowed to walk down the street and go for a job without my shirt on, if, if you would like to as a female, more. I think a jog's a bad to, choice. That's going to be a little bouncy. That's not going to be comfortable. True. But <laughs> true. Some I don't even know where to go. I don't even know how to, to, how to rebound. <laughs> But I just wanted to clarify when LJ said we haven't talked about topless women yet, where we're going. We hadn't been like surfing the dark web or anything. <laughs> I believe I did say touch on. I think that's a, a, a worth mentioning. Touch on, touch on the topless women. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, is there any other topics besides topless women that we didn't get to, Pops? Did you have anything else? No, no. I think uh, I think I'm in good shape. Um do you guys want to try to guess the the things I've got though? I've got the we we don't have to put it in if it's not interesting. I always got, freaking forget. I start wrapping up. You should just like you, interrupt me. Do you want me to throw out two? Uh, I'll throw out a social science term. You guys see if you can guess it, and then we'll see if it's worth doing. Okay. Yeah, well, Dad always gets them right. Yeah, so yeah just always every time. The Google effect. The Google. Does this have anything to do with is... topless women? No. Oh, that but, would be I the mean, Google. That could. would be the Google effect. I guess wouldn't it? Okay. <laughs> Or the Google uh, the safe Google search off effect. The Google effect is like um, we always look try to play doctor ourselves, and we Google it. Like we're like Dr. that's a Google? good guess. It's wrong, but it's a good guess. Um, so the Google effect is when uh, something is easy to look up on the internet, it's also quicker to forget. So if you like, uh, for example, the height of uh, Kevin Durant could be something for me. It's just so easy to look up on the internet that I never store it in my brain. That's the Google effect. Hmm. You guys want to try? I don't know. One? I mean, like uh-huh. I Google where a guy went to college sometimes, and that's easy to Google. Like I can look up, you know, where did Aaron Rodgers go to school? And I, I feel like I remember it, but also yeah, but it's I have, easier like, to forget than than other things that you actually have in your brain. You're right. So like I'll be looking at like how much like like nutrient facts. If it's really easy to Google, like how many calories or how much protein or how much carbs is in this, it's so easy to Google. But then like a week later, I'm like, crap. How many ounces were in a serving of, of a breast of chicken? Like, I always have to look it up. 
Yeah. Even though it's, it's really uh, easy. So an example that's come some. up for me recently was uh, I constantly have to look up. Uh, so what what is the name of that Fleetwood Mac song that says thunder always happens when it's raining? Players only love you when they're playing. I can sing every single lyric of it, but I cannot tell you what the title of the song is because I can just Google it and then remember what it's called. It's called Dreams because I looked it up today so I could learn it on guitar. But it is, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that, like, because I can look it up so easily, I forget that. But since I can't look up the lyrics quite as easily and have that information just in my brain, then I remember those a lot easier. Huh. You know, interestingly, I think Dreams only has, like, three different chords in it. Uh, uh, my yeah. cousin was telling me that's the one you ought to try to learn because it's just three three chords. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I think it might be two, but, like, there are variations in the chorus. It's, it's F and G. And then it goes to like F add nine and then G seven or something. Yeah. Or just real simple variations. Well, I might have to look that back up. Cool. It's a good one. Did you have another one you wanted to bring up, L? Or if you want to hear it, uh, do you guys uh, give me uh, what you think the law of the instrument is? Uh, anything can be measured. Okay. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, boy, I'm drawing a blank. It's it's not running into the cheerleaders on the sideline, is it? <laughs> it's not this time. <laughs> um, this is we've kind of talked about it before, but this is the idea of if you've got a hammer, everything's a nail. That's what the the official name for that the the scientific name for that uh, fallacy is. Wait, say what? If you've got a hammer, everything's a nail. It's uh, it's when you've got a tool to solve a problem, then everything feels like it should be solvable by that problem. So the example of if if you've got a hammer, everything's a nail um, is like, oh, uh, you know, this uh, this screw's not going in properly. I'll use my hammer. Yeah. Everything is fixable by a hammer if that's the tool you've got, Um, even if it's not actually fixable by a hammer. And so it comes up a lot in a lot of situations. I saw like on education, um, a lot of people will uh, think like, oh, we've created the tool that's going to make it easier to educate all of your students at the same time. And uh, so they'll try to ham fist it into every situation when in reality it only works in very specific situations. So that's the law of the instrument. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Boom. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've got lost. I'm looking at this graphic that apparently is the favorite movie candy by state based on social media, Walmart and Target. And I don't know if y'all were to throw some of these out to y'all, but they are wild. Give me Arkansas. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Let me guess Arkansas's favorite movie, favorite Arkansas movie, movie theater candy. candy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, 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 Twizzlers. Do you no. want me to tell you yes or <laughs> Mike and Ike? It's Mike and Ike in Arkansas. Do you want me to tell you yes or no or let dad I don't know, guess? Does dad want so to guess? when you say candy, can it, does that take popcorn out? I mean, does it have to be sweet? Do you think popcorn's popcorn, candy? I mean, popcorn is <laughs> my favorite thing list, to have at the but movie, LJ, period. L- LJ, you'd be surprised at some of the stuff on this list. But no, popcorn's not anywhere on the list, so I guess they're taking that right, out. Milk duds. I'm saying milk duds. Junior mints. Junior oh, mints. that feels right. That actually feels accurate. Really? Yeah. I don't think I've ever got junior mints. Texas? Do y'all want to guess Texas? Uh, Texas is going to be something. Malted uh, milk balls. Red Hots. Black licorice. No, no, that's a lie. That ain't right. I love black licorice, but not many people do. There's no way it's Texas's favorite candy. How about, how about Wisconsin, LJ? This one's my favorite. Cheese. Just cheese. (laughs) Craft cheese slices. No. (laughs) No. That's not true. That's what they got. Wisconsin's not even buying craft cheese slices. They're buying like cheese curds from like their local farmer. Cheese is the second candy best. Is popcorn, man. I ought to be able to say <laughs> that's popcorn. Well, that's that why 
That's why I told. That's why I said Dad might be onto something, but they don't have popcorn anywhere, so I guess they don't count that as a as a candy. The only other one that I thought's worth mentioning. Well, there's a couple that are worth mentioning because this is blowing my mind. But North Dakota. Uh, uh, I think somewhere along the lines of Wisconsin, not necessarily in cheese, but just was it Lutsa? It's like Lutsa? elote. It's elote. It's like it's like corn with like something on it. Just straight corn. Now, now they don't say they don't say who it's by, but baked beans is what North Dakota. Well, got. I don't no, know if it's like bush no. baked beans or what, but yeah, that's. I'm, I'm You're telling me that list. in North Dakota, allegedly the most popular treat they get in the movie theaters is a bowl full of beans. Maybe, maybe it's like those maybe, Boston maybe baked like beans you can buy at the, at the convenience store. Oh, I bet that's right. I bet that's right. I bet that's right. It's okay. probably not like a can of baked beans. <laughs> no, it's not open. a. Can. <laughs> Let me have a bowl of beans. What's uh? What's Illinois? I'm just curious. Do what? What's Illinois? I'm just curious. Sixlets? Sixlets? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We've actually got a whole jar of them in our uh, coffee little area because people Ah. love having them. A couple of states had, uh, let's see, there's candy corn in a few, Reese's Pieces in a few. Weirdly, Reese's is not any, which I guess makes sense. Reese's isn't a good movie candy. Yeah, because you have like four of them. Yeah, if if, if by going off the list, most of the best movie candies aren't like, you know, a Kit Kat or Reese's. It's like something where you can eat. A bunch of them. Skittles, m It's like the Tootsie rice Rolls, of candy. People like the Junior rice of candy, Mints. not the steak of candy. Yeah. Skittles, bunch of crunch. So, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't, I don't think I've ever got Junior Mints at a movie theater. So, I think that's odd that that's Arkansas's number one. And then Black Licorice of Texas. Ah. That's not true. Hmm. It's I don't think Whoppers false. or something, you know, not Black Yeah, Whoppers. Licorice. Yeah, Dad said Malta Milk Balls. That, yeah, Whoppers makes Whoppers, sense. Whoppers, yeah. Whoppers <laughs> would be. Next time I go to the theater, I'm going to ask for craft cheese slices <laughs> and bake. See what happens. You know, I'm going to make a trip to Wisconsin at some point, maybe over the next month or so, just to try to see if I can get cheese in a movie theater. I'm going to do it. <laughs> That'd be cool. Let us know. <laughs> All right. Well, we did some NFL talks. The Broncos are going to trade Von Miller for Ben Roethlisberger. No, 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 no. If they trade Von Miller for Ben Roethlisberger, I'm done rooting for the Broncos. Like, that's it. That's game over. I'm out. Can I mention? I, I somehow we got back. We we I, I mentioned football, and I meant to mention this, and maybe my ugly. I, the Redskins are a joke. Yeah, and I feel like they just set up Dwayne Haskins for failure. Yep. Like if you're gonna bring in a rookie, at least give him a week to prepare. And then they brought him in. Not even they didn't even like bring him in after halftime. They brought him in yep. in the middle of the second quarter. And you know who the Redskins now get to play next week? Who's that? Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. <laughs> so. Shout out to you, Dwayne Haskins. It's going to be fun. Oh, boy. Go get yourself. What a joke. Every time, LJ, whatever you're thinking, man, it's a, it's tough. Like Maybe when I'm watching the Razorbacks. or At least Cowboys we don't have Dan Sunday Snyder. Night, I always go, at, at least we don't have to deal with Dan Snyder. So yep. there's that. There's that. Um, All right. I think that'll wrap up another week of the Just Press Play pod. As always, you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you do your podcast listening. And you can find us on the website, jpppod.com. That'll do it for another week. Don't forget to check out our friends over at bluechew.com. Put in the promo code armchair. Or if you're trying to put some money down on some bets, hit up uh, mybookie.ag. Put in the promo code chair, and they will double your first deposit. I guess that'll do it for another week, guys. I will holler at you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.